there, there's a story about a new city manager that goes and he sees a facility of uh, the maintenance workers working on a bus. And he asks the, the mechanic, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm fixing the brakes on the bus. He says, well, I see that, but what are you really doing? And he looks at the city manager and says, I'm fixing the brakes on the bus. And the city manager says, well, I can see that, but what you're really doing, you're ensuring that Mrs. Jones's daughter goes back and forth to school safely. So it talk, puts it in perspective of what it is we do that is so very important. So I think city management, city government um, is a great career, and I'd highly encourage people to see it and look it up. to Management Matters, a National Academy of Public Administration podcast where policy meets practice. I'm Terry Gurton, president of the Academy. In June, we focus on our grand challenge to foster social equity. And in this episode, I'll talk with Norton Bonaparte about what it takes to foster social equity from a city manager's perspective. Norton is an Academy Fellow, and he's currently the city manager for Sanford, Florida. Norton, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, Terry, thank you for asking me. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about your background because you've been the city manager of several cities, big and small, different regions of the country. Tell us what drew you to city management and how you got started. Well, my father was a civil engineer and he'd bring home all his stuff and put it on the dining room table and that looked kind of really neat. So I went to undergraduate school to be a civil engineer, except when I finished my junior year, I said, nope, I don't think I want to do that. But I had no idea what to do. And I had been involved with the student government, so I knew the president of the university and some of the deans. And so I asked them, you know, you're going to kick me out in a year, but yet I don't know what I want to do. And they said, well, tell us what interests you. And when I did, they said, well, that sounds like public administration. I said, great. <laughs> what is that? I had an uncle that was a dean of a business school, so I knew about MBAs, but I had never heard of public administration. And coming from New York City, where they don't have a city manager but a strong mayor, I had not heard of the city manager profession. But as I looked into the college catalogs for graduate school, I said, yeah, that is something I would really like to do. So I went on to Cornell uh, Graduate School, got a master's in public administration and started with the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And so what have you noted about the various cities where you've served as managers, similarities, differences? Because I think this idea of city governments is so important. There are different governments. The council manager form of government is where I've solved mostly, although I have worked with strong mayors. In either regard, the in, in the strong mayor form, the city manager works for the mayor. So selected by the mayor and works for the mayor. Uh, the title may be city administrator, uh, but they are still responsible to the mayor. In the council manager form of government, the manager is selected by the entire council. As a matter of fact, there's a vote by the council to hire the manager, and the manager serves at the pleasure of the council, which means that a vote of the council could allow the city manager to spend more time with his family. But going over the, the, the main parts of it is that in either case, uh, the manager basically is either the chief executive officer or the chief administrative officer and is responsible for the day-to-day -day operations of all the city operations, for working with the mayor and the commission. They are the elected officials. They are the policy setters. They are the ones that determine what is to be done. And it is the manager working with the staff to find out the most effective and efficient way to accomplish what the elected officials want done. Do you have a preference having worked under both of those models? I prefer the council manager form of government uh, where you're working with the entire council and you're uh, uh, accountable to the entire council. 
And that provides some continuity also in those forms of government, especially like in, in Sanford and others. In the charter, it specifically states that the elected officials can only deal with staff through the city manager. In Sanford, we have over 500 employees, 540 actually. Um, and the city commission has only three employees. They have the city attorney, the city clerk, and the city manager. And the charter indicates that they can. And you can appreciate uh, the difference between a council person going to, let's say, the public works director and saying that I want you to go fix a pothole on this street today. But that's different than saying I got a call from a resident saying there is a pothole on that street. So it is important that the staff have unity of command and that they know that all the directions come from the city manager. But that's not naive enough to think that commissioners don't contact directors directly so long as they're not giving them specific directives, as I gave the example with the pothole. But I do prefer the council manager form of government. Uh, it also holds the manager accountable to the community. One of the concerns people have said, well, the manager is not elected. That's very true. But elected a person, the mayor or the commissioners, uh, if you don't like them, you have to wait for the next election. And with the council manager form of government, if the manager is not doing what the commission wants him to do, then they can simply take a vote and they will get another manager. So the manager is very much accountable to the commission. The manager is basically the staff of the elected officials. So you're very much um, the frontline manager of government in your community. What are some of the biggest challenges that, that you face as a city manager? Well, I think the challenge that I face is similar to what other city managers face, and that is balancing available financial resources with the needs of the community, making sure you have the adequate staff, the uh, public safety, police, fire, uh, public works employees, and then also being able to take care of the infrastructure of the community, the roads and other things, and then also the capital needs. Uh, we just bought another fire truck, a ladder truck, and that was $1.6 million, and we want to get another one. Um, so it is a matter of balancing the needs of the community with the financial resources. We have an area that has 1,600 new homes, and we're going to be putting in a new fire station. Well, to have one truck with four firefighters, you have to hire 12 because of ships. So this a decidedly impact on the budget. The challenges of government everywhere, balancing needs and Correct. resources. But I, I also want to uh, balance that question by, by asking you what's most rewarding? I think the most rewarding is getting things done. When the residents see the work done, whether it's a new playground, uh, the streets being redone, we put in a five-mile river walk. Uh, our city is along a river, and we put in a river walk, and the residents really love it. It was over $21 million. But the citizens' comments about how it really enhances the quality of life in the community. And I drive by there in the evenings and you'll see families out there, people on bicycles, people jogging. It's just really a nice amenity to have that people can enjoy. So the answer to the question is when people enjoy what they're doing and hopefully our city employees do, then it shows in the work that they do, whether they're um, police officers or public works employees or parks and rec people and making the community the best it can be. Well, thanks for, for baselining your experience as a city manager for us, because I really do want to dig into this idea about fostering social equity and the role of city managers. And certainly the COVID pandemic exposed areas of inequity in communities across the country. Can you tell us a little bit about Sanford's experience through the pandemic and what you what you discovered? 
Well, I think one of the first things discovered was the schools district. And we are not responsible for the school district, but we work very closely with the school board and the superintendent. And we had um, various areas that don't have broadband internet as much or as, as well as some of the other areas. And therefore, when you have children at home, it made a difference. One, the kind of internet coverage they have in the area. And then secondly, not all homes have all the same equipment. Um, I think that that's one of the challenges I think as a society will continue to address when you have a number of school children that did very well during the pandemic and then others that really did not have the equal access to social, to, to technology. Uh, one of the other areas that we worked on as a city directly was some of our small businesses. We were able to provide direct grants to businesses to either rehire employees that were laid off or to purchase equipment that was needed to help to adjust to the pandemic, such as plexiglass and other equipment that they needed to do. We also, as the city manager, had the ability to declare a state of emergency. And when the governor lifted the requirements that restaurants had to be closed, but could only have takeout, we designated areas that we could have signage so that people would know which restaurants were open and which restaurants could um, provide for takeout, and then also spaces for them. And then when the governor said that they could be open, but only for 25 percent, I was able to lift our requirements about sidewalks and allowed restaurants to put tables on the sidewalks so that they could have additional seating capacity, not inside, but outside. So those were some of the things that we adjusted to during the pandemic. And how do you think those kinds of changes are going to continue? I think people are going to continue to want, in, in the case of the, the restaurants, being able to have more outside eating. Here in Florida, we have really good weather for most of the year. Um, and therefore, it, it's not like in New York or some other places where you have the, the frigid winters. Uh, so being able to have people sitting outside and enjoying their dinners outside, I think, will continue to work on. Although some of the restaurants already had that, they allow other restaurants to see it as a means to increase their seating capacity. Did any of your other sort of governance processes change? Did you change yes. the way you engaged your community? Yes. One of the real things that I think make a difference in terms of the governance is that unlike a lot of other cities, Sanford did not have its commission meetings televised. And because of the limitations and uh, gatherings, we then went to live stream our city commission meetings. And that allows for people that are not uh, physically able to come or uh, not able to physically come into the building to be able to view the meetings. We're still working on how they can partake in the meetings, but they can at least view and see what's going on. And we've continued that after the pandemic. We thought it was a good idea. And so we've even enhanced it in looking at how we can make that even a more transparent operation so that the citizens um, can be engaged through the process of seeing the city commission meetings. Did that change how you heard from your citizens in Sanford? In some regards, because at least they had more exposure to what was happening. City government and city commission meetings, I'm not going to say are the most exciting way to spend an evening, but they can be from time to time, depending on the topic. And this allows people, whether it's a zoning issue or a residential issue or a business coming to the city that some people really favor or don't want to see come, this allows them to be able to be at least knowledgeable about what's going on. And then they do send emails and um, we very, very much get emails from residents about the topics that are being discussed at a city commission meeting. And so 
As you think about your role as the city manager there in Sanford, what do you see as your responsibilities regarding improving equity in your community? I think city managers, as the non-elected officials, have the ability to influence and provide input to those elected officials in terms of what social equity is. We use it as a term and we're very familiar with it in the profession, but I think average people don't even think about it. Uh, We've established a race, equity, equality, inclusion advisory committee that works. They've just started and they were appointed um, because of an incident that occurred 12 years ago, well, actually nine years ago now is when the death of Trayvon Martins took place in Sanford. And I got a call a couple of months ago asking if someone that does not live in Sanford could come and write and paint actually in front of the police building, the words Black Lives Matter. And I know right outside the academy, your office is in DC on the street is the Black Lives Matter painting in Washington, DC. Person not living in Sanford didn't know that our police headquarters is actually located in an African American community. So it's like those people there know Black Lives Matter, but it was important to identify that the city itself acknowledged that we needed to do something. So we uh, met with them and decided maybe we could do something else. And the idea came about what about commissioning a mural that could be representative? of the inclusionary nature that Sanford really already consists of. Uh, The idea was, well, since a mural might work, how about we turn it over to the city's public art commission? And then we recognized that the members of the public art commission were all white. And maybe that, maybe we could have a a separate plan. So we came up with plan B, and that was to have a community group formed, uh, members that were selected by the city commissioners as well as the city staff, to go out into the community and find out what the community thinks are the issues in Sanford. And we started by having a training group for the commission. There's 15 of them on the commission. And we didn't acknowledge, we didn't expect that they all would come to the same level. So we had training to them. Uh, Some people are familiar with the uh, three boys looking at the baseball game and they have to look over the fence and they say, well, let's make it equal. They all get the same platform and that doesn't make it equal at all. So the whole idea that equal is not equitable. And so we had training for the members of that committee and then they had public meetings. They had three public meetings. The first one was virtual and then the second one was at a high school and the third one was at the city's civic center and we had about 100 people attend and that was really interesting to hear from the public and that's what this committee was put together for is to provide input for the public and then from the input they get to make a presentation to the city government and what they're hearing from the residents of Sanford and what we need to do to become better at being an inclusionary community. So some of the comments were everything from one was a young black couple that talked about that they went to a bar and when they walked in, all of a sudden it was very quiet. And then when they went to the bar to order something, they were told, well, we don't see many of your folks here. And that was really surprising to some of the members in the community to hear that that still exists in this community. Um, But there were other examples that the other community members shared that I think was impactful for the other members there to hear in terms of some of the issues of social equity that still need to take place. As this committee matures, is it going to be recommending policy or program changes? That's the idea. The idea is for this committee to not just be a committee that meets, but to come up with actionable items that need to take place based upon the comments they're hearing from the residents that will help 
address the whole social equity issues that are in Sanford. If you listen to some people, you think that we don't have any problems in social equity, um, but that's not the case. But they are those, and so this, that's the task of this committee to come up and to present to the city commission and to the city government uh, what they're hearing, whether it has to do with education, but then we would talk with the education uh, school district and then all the things that the city government can do to address, to make Sanford a more equitable place. Um, there's stories about the one city in particular that in one area they have trash collection twice a week and then the rest of the city they have it once a week and the idea that equal is not equitable and it just turns out that we as city government need to be looking at how can we make sure that we are viewing things through the equitable lens. That's so important and and I just want to follow on a couple more pieces. So when they make proposals at at the end of their, their term, who will they make those proposals to and who will take action on them? With the new they'll, they'll make them to the city commission. And then we anticipate some of them may have to do with the school district. Some of them may have to do with the health department. Some of them may have to do with the state. But they're certainly going to be expecting to hear what the city government itself can do. And then that's what the city staff would then be responsible for looking at. How can we address some of the comments that we're hearing from our own residents where they feel these are areas that we as a city need to do better at in terms of making our community more equitable. And so your city commission would vote on these and give you direction and you would go out and implement the changes. That, that would be the plan. That's correct. Again, we haven't heard the report yet because they're just starting. Right. And they're, they just finished having the public hearing. So now it's for them to take the information they got from the public hearings and then to digest that and present a report. And we expect a report within a couple of months. Well, I'm really... Uh, we'll, we'll have to come back and hear hear what they say okay. and hear how, how it's going to happen because I always come back when I have the opportunity in the podcast to the National Civic League's new model city charter and the emphasis that they put in that um, about increasing the focus on equity and city government. So I love that Sanford's got this really practical example of its commission that's getting ready to make its recommendations. And I'd love to hear, you know, how you put those pieces together. And I think it's respectful to the commission about the fact that they were willing to establish a committee that, you know, is going to tell us things that we may not find as flattering, but it is important for us to hear. We're a city with a population of over 60,000 people growing and we need to know what those citizens think. We're rather diverse. We have about 25% African-American. We have a number of Asians. We have Hispanics. So it is a diverse community. So it's important for us to hear from the community and not think what we think they know, but to hear directly from the community. I, I can't imagine there's a city in America that wouldn't actually have some questions about social equity, whether they think they do or not. <laughs> That's part of the challenge. And even in Sanford, there are some people that say there's no problems. And so, um, so yes, we, we, we move on. But again, the city commission, I think, needs to be commended for being um, commissioning such an uh, advisory committee. That's great. Um, well, you know, from Napa's perspective, this grand challenge to foster social equity not only stands on its own in the way that we've been talking about, but it's really foundational to several of the other ground challenges like building resilient communities and connecting individuals to meaningful work. And also, as we've kind of been talking about here, promoting public engagement, making sure everyone has an opportunity to participate in their government. Even creating modern water systems is can have equity issues. 
So with you as a city manager really being on the front lines of delivering government services to communities, do you connect these grand challenges to the other work that you've got on your agenda? I think it's important that the academies work with the grand challenges. And as you pointed out, I used to be uh, on the board of the academy. And the grand challenge is really an opportunity for the um, academy to stand out as the premier public administration organization and saying, what are the challenges facing ours? And the establishment of the various grand challenges, I think is great as a blueprint. And we put them together, as you talked about the resilience, the, um, how do we use artificial intelligence, uh, the fostering the democracy. So I think as the city manager to your question, I think looking at all of them, there's some that are more resilient to city management, but I think it's important for us to take a look at that. I also think it's important with, with the, the social equity ones and the work that's being done there is that there may be other city managers that are not as knowledgeable, and I don't mean in a negative way, just simply that this is an opportunity for them to get um, a blueprint and some, some um, awareness of areas. Uh, America is a big country. There's some challenges in certain cities that aren't in other cities, but I think the city managers... It's good to help the elected officials to be able to um, appreciate where we are and how we can make our, all of our communities even better communities. Are any of these particular grand challenges most relevant to what you're dealing with in Sanford? I mean, I can think off the top of my head, I always think of Florida as needing climate resilience challenges, but I'm wondering if there are others that are on your agenda. Well, resilience in terms of climate, certainly Florida, uh, we're right now in hurricane season in Florida and hurricanes can have a devastating, particularly those on the East Coast as the West Coast with the Atlantic Ocean as well as the Gulf of Mexico. And we've seen in some cases where some cities have really been decimated. But then also you have the whole climate change and there's areas that are predicted for the water to rise and that will have a devastating impact on some of the communities. So the whole resilience area and how do we, knowing what we know now, take actions so that we will mitigate the anticipated changes that will take place because of climate change. Well, and sort of back to our theme then, you know, certainly one of the things we hear is about how do you plan for the future of climate impact in an equitable way, right? Environmental justice, climate justice even is important considerations. And particularly in some cities, and I'm not talking in particular cities, but some of the low income areas were placed in certain areas less desirable for the cities. And so how will they be impacted versus the rest of the city? And I think it's important as we look at that, to take that in mind, that again, looking at things through the equitable lens. Well, Norton, you've just given us so much insight from what it looks like from your desk when you think about the equity issues that are in your community. And I do want to point out, you've been the city manager in Sanford since 2011, which is a relatively long tenure for city managers. So congratulations on that. Well, um, thank you. What do you attribute your success to? Well, I'm very fortunate to have a good elected body. Um, they're all committed to what's best for the city. Sanford is the sixth city that I've served as a city manager, and I've been a city manager since 1988. So, but um, the 10 year tenure is something that I'm very appreciative of, um, and I'm looking to continue to stay in Sanford for the rest of my career. Well, what's still on your to-do list for the rest of that time? Well, we have a lot of challenges right now. First of all, our downtown area has become a destination park, particularly on the weekends. And we're getting lots of people that are looking all through Central Florida to come to Sanford on the weekends. 
Um, but that's presented some challenges. We have a, a entertainment area that's right adjacent to a residential area. So at some of our commission meetings, we hear from some residents about the noise from the entertainment area. Uh, that's also presented a challenge in terms of parking because of the uh, number of people that are coming downtown. But the whole area is really growing, blooming, I should say. And so I'm very blessed to be here at this time. But there are certain challenges. And as I talked about earlier, financially, we have an infrastructure. We're one of the oldest cities in Central Florida. And so our sewer system, our water system all need to be upgraded. Um, we have additional needs for fire stations and additional police and other public works uh, facilities. So uh, the whole challenge for matching reavailable financial resources with the needs of the city becomes really the management challenge. I just want to keep in mind, uh, as I'm mentioning your success, I want to give you the opportunity to offer advice for those who are early in their city management careers. What would you say to folks who are considering it or who are just beginning um, their tenure as a city manager? Well, I would highly encourage them to continue to look at city management as a career. Uh, the number of city managers that will be retiring within the next couple of years as the baby boomers get up will make lots of opportunities for positions to become available for aspiring city managers, assistant city managers. It is a position that you make a difference. There, there's a story about a new city manager that goes and he sees a facility of uh, the maintenance workers working on a bus. And he asked the mechanic, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm fixing the brakes on the bus. He says, well, I see that, but what are you really doing? And he looks at the city manager and says, I'm fixing the brakes on the bus. And the city manager says, well, I can see that, but what you're really doing, you're ensuring that Mrs. Jones's daughter goes back and forth to school safely. So it talk, puts it in perspective of what it is we do that is so very important. So I think city management, city government, um, is a great career, and I'd highly encourage people to see it and look it up. I love that story. And, and we know from all the surveys about trust in government that citizens trust most the level of government that they're closest to, which is the city manager. And so gets back to your point about the opportunity to really make a difference in people's lives. Yeah, cities are where people live. And we hear from them directly. They're very quick to call or write an email if something's not going right. And it's important for us to be responsive to that and to have our employees know that we are working for the citizens to make sure that they have a good quality of life and we provide them an environment that they're proud to call home. Well, Norton, thank you so much for sharing your time and your perspectives with us today and your commitment to make a difference in the lives of the people that you serve in your community. Really appreciate it. Well, Terry, thank you for giving me the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. For our listeners, check back every Monday for a new episode from the Academy as we work to build a just, fair, and inclusive government that strengthens communities and protects democracy.